0: and welcome back to the metal teddy bear experience podcast right now this is your host chris we got my boy jesse here what's up dude
1: what up how's it going guys
0: and we have a special guest on this show we have cheney the vocalist of entheos what's up how you doing
2: yo i'm doing good doing good (laughs) just drinking my morning coffee you
0: know (laughs) so where are you calling in from right now
2: i live in santa cruz california
0: oh nice okay so uh west coast (laughs) over here yeah we're based out of new jersey so uh i was i just finished watching some hockey right now i was like really pumped for it
2: (laughs) Uh, what part of what part of jersey do you guys live in uh bergen uh,
0: county
1: yeah like like northern. we're we're kind of we're we're basically right by like new york city you can get from where we are to new york in like 20 minutes like 10 minutes
2: oh okay uh naveen his aunt and uncle and cousins live in asbury park there we
1: go Uh, yeah
2: yeah what a great place i'm there dude i love asbury i would love to be there right now i'm sure it's hot like where we live in santa cruz it's northern california and i know that there's this um everyone's under the impression that it's always hot in california but where i live it's almost never hot i live like half a mile away from the oceans. We're constantly getting that ocean breeze and I would just love to be in Asbury soaking up the rays on the beach yeah. right
1: now. That's, <laughs> yeah, I always like wonder because you never hear too much about Northern California. Especially like me, I never freaking travel. So I go off literally <laughs> what people say. So it's like uh, I always like you always hear about so, yeah, it's so hot. It's like I always wonder like especially when you get closer to like Washington, like Seattle and stuff like that. It's like it's like pretty cold, right? Like especially during the winter.
2: Well inland it can get warm but along the ocean specifically in like san francisco it's always windy like even this time of year if i go to the city i'm wearing i'm taking like a heavy coat And, and in santa cruz it'll be hot from like maybe noon to five we get like super hot weather but the rest of the day it's it's chilly which is fine you know i don't I grew up in iowa so i know all about humidity and stuff and i was okay saying goodbye to all of that but <laughs> but it's hard right now when it's august like the middle of summer everywhere else and it's freezing here i almost forget you know the weather that everyone else is going through or that it's summer at all it's it's a weird weird thing
1: well you also lose that when you move away right because i always wondered that like because i know people like friends i moved to like florida and right. like florida's known like people who like we had like a a school that visited New Jersey for some reason from Florida and they're all wearing jackets and it's like 60 degrees or 50 degrees or like the fuck I wear, t- I wear shorts at like 40. It's not like bragging, but it's like, it's just cold as shit up here. And I'm like, I wonder if you lose that when you go to Florida, you're like get jackets when it's like 60, or 70 degrees. It's like, Oh, it's chilly out. I'm like, I'm sweating to death at 50. I'm like, dude, it's too hot, dude. I'm like, dude, goddamn. Yeah.
2: You totally lose it. Cause I remember that it's like when I was in school, um, when spring would come around and it would finally hit like 50, everyone was in shorts. It was shorts and a sweatshirt. You know, there's a yes. fashion that goes along with that. But here, you totally forget about that. 50 degrees, I'm wearing a parka, pretty
1: much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that kills me with the podcast. I always like see like podcasts like a lot of cal- kinda, like podcasts in California, and I'll notice like yeah, they show up in a jacket. To I'm like like yeah, it's like 85 degrees outside. I'm, like, what? <laughs> like, am I just fat or something? Like, what is like? Oh. Do I just get <laughs> normally hotter than everyone? Like, everyone's skinny as fuck or something? Like, You're the right guy on? who
0: wore shorts to the uh, In Flames concert in like in New York City when it was like mid December. That he was like, a bad mistake. I learned.
1: Oh, that because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get inside, and the pit's gonna be really hot. And then we stayed in line for like two hours. I was like, oh shit, I didn't think I'd be
2: <laughs> with uh, the weather that's...
1: for this long.
2: <laughs> yeah one oh, wow. time when i was a kid i stood in line for a slipknot show i was like my best friend and i were like the first couple of people in line and i stood in line for like six hours in iowa in the freezing cold and rain oh. that was like the roughest shit i don't even know why do kids do that why do, why <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, not worth was it.
0: what year time. was that
2: um it must have been like 05. Oh, okay yeah awesome. the yeah, volume I mean, three
0: kind of like tour then
2: yeah, I think it was actually right after that came out. It was with Shadows Fall and Lamb of God. So, yeah, it, That's was, awesome. it was awesome. I mean, dude, Lamb of God was like my bread and butter. That was my first, like, Randy Blythe, one of my very first, very huge vocal influences. So I was really at the show for Lamb of God. And it was crazy. I mean, we like had to run up front to the barrier. My best friend and I and we we're we we're really small. He's a small dude and we just got pushed up to the barricade and I remember leaving the show and I had a barricade bruise all across Aww. the front. It was fucking insane, but I caught um I think it was Willie's guitar pick. Oh, so that's so awesome. yeah, it was all worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was insane. Dude, that's gangster. Also
1: like <laughs> like also like at- there we go. Lamb of God, the shadow. I would have been there for, I love Slum Knot, but Lamb of God is always will be like my favorite band. It's like them and Kill Switch for some reason. I can't choose between the two, but like, yeah. But like, fuck. Yeah, it's not worth it when you grow up. Like, how many times we used to, like, get, we have to get to the line two hours. And it's like, dude, I still see all the bands if I show up 20 minutes before, like, you just get in.
2: <laughs> well, like, sure. Yeah. Like, Nowadays, I'm not trying to be up front anymore. I like to stand in back with a beer in my hand and make sure that no one's going to like spill my beer or anything. Yeah. I just like to watch a show now more. Yeah. Now that I'm older.
0: I even go to the balconies now too. If they have them, I try to go because like, you get to see everything then, you know?
2: Fuck <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I remember specifically this Slipknot show. My parents had bought the tickets for us. And they bought us the wrong tickets. Instead of buying general admission, they bought us balcony seats. So I pulled this crazy shit and like stole my mom's <laughs> debit card out of her purse so that I could call Ticketmaster and get our tickets changed to general admission. And nice. I like somehow <laughs> pulled it off. And yeah, so uh, it, it's That's funny awesome. that now I'd like be on a balcony willingly. But back then I was like, fuck this. What? I can't go to the." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I could totally relate to that because I always try to get to the front every time. I always try to like, you know, when I think the worst one was a uh, machine, machine head, and Slayer. Those two, the Slayer pit broke out right where I was, and I didn't, I had no idea. It was my first time seeing Slayer, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting close to the rail, and then I'm in the pit. I'm like, oh god. Oh man, that's
2: oh, rough. Man.
1: Why is that? Why is idea. that fat, muscular guy with a bald head <laughs> screaming Slayer in my face and making me scared? <laughs> Get away. (laughs) That
0: Jim Brewer joke is so relevant.
1: (laughs) Well, that's like, yeah, like, well, we bring this story always up on the podcast. Chris is going to get mad for me to bring it up again. But we saw this band. We saw Code Orange, right? And we saw this Uh. band (laughs) Vane opened up. And it kind of, it was like the moment I realized I grew up or maybe I became too old. Even though I'm like still in my 20s, but I guess like just randomly like my mind. Like, we saw Vane, and usually the first two bands, like, no one gives a fuck. There's a few people that come for the band, and like, I was like, oh, I want to see these guys. I went up front, and then it's like a hardcore band opened up immediately. First note, all three of us get punched directly in the face. And we're like, what the fuck? And I was like, usually I got to warm up for this shit. And I would just like, became like survival, running around the pit, and we survive. And basically, this lady's like, who wants VIP? And we're like, us, 50 bucks, no problem. I was like, and we just sit yeah, up there with drink like, drinks yeah. out of it, too. Oh yeah that's not. I felt like kind of a bitch, but I was like, fuck that. I got punched <laughs> in the air. I don't need that shit right now. I just want to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: the VIP section is where I'm trying to be. Naveen and I were just my my fiance and I were just talking about this because um one of my favorite bands on earth is this band called Fever Ray. Uh you probably haven't heard of them, but there's a band called The Knife and the vocalist of The Knife has a solo project called Fever Ray. Okay. Anyway, anyway, I like somehow won VIP tickets to one of their shows last year. And so when you got VIP, you get put in this nice middle section where no one else is in like a house of blues type venue. And you know, you just have, there's a waitress who comes and oh, gives you thanks, takes your orders. And the other day we were just saying how that's the ideal uh, show going experience for us <laughs> now that we're, yeah. that we're in our thirties and like, you know. It's I'm, amazing. I, yeah.
1: That's, yeah that's- i i can't like I, for some reason do you get this like because because you're used to Mel shows do you get this like with especially waiters i've only been to a few like where something like that was like that was like what the fuck it's weird asking for a drink and someone just bring it to you at a concert like i want to see that like hmm. amphitheaters where i'm like the fuck i, I don't so lose casino. my spot i yeah. can just go <laughs> yeah. you have to do the work
2: It's super weird, but I mean, especially with this whole six foot social distancing thing, hopefully they start to integrate that more into venues because I would love to not have to leave my spot. (laughs) (laughs) Have you
0: seen pictures of the, the new shows coming? I think Destruction played a show in Switzerland and some other bands have played with like six, like, uh, with social distancing and all that.
2: No, I haven't seen anything. Uh, I think my parents or someone went to a show a couple of weeks ago. They're still in Iowa, so the the rules are a little different than they are here.
0: Oh, was that the uh, immunity herd fest that they changed names?
2: I just went to my. They it was like some like cover band show, but they were uh, still okay. doing the same uh, social distancing thing. And it's the pictures that I saw from that were weird, but it did seem like everyone was kind of keeping their distance. It's just weird to see, you know
1: yeah that's kind of the negative though with metal like i think it was well, lamb of gods randy he kind of like said he's like yeah you can't really do a metal hardcore show because it's like people are just gonna rip the seats up some good some kids are like i have to run at the stage so it's like and then eventually it's like well we're pitting now and then all of a sudden everyone rips their masks off and they're pitting it's like okay well it only takes one or two guys to do that you know to start it
2: well i mean it's a part of our culture that's like uh, that's a part of how you show that you are really into a band in in our world. And it it will be strange having to see and perform shows without that element of it. So I'm really interested to see where this all goes when metal shows do make a comeback. Because, you know, we're kind of um, on the lower spectrum of the tours that are really important in the music world, you know? Yeah. But for lack of a better way to put it, it's like we, it's generally smaller crowds. So it's not bringing in as much money. And therefore, because of the venues that we're playing, I mean, how do you take a venue that's got like a 300 cap and put social distancing in it, you'll be able to fit 30 people in the show. And then how do you pay bands to tour when only 30 people can come into? It's just this whole uh, string that we're going to have to pull and it's going to come with weird stuff and everyone's gonna have to uh bend and twist with all of these new rules as they come but it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes and when touring actually comes back for bands that are you know know, in metal and playing those lower cap venues
1: yeah you know i think though i i could be wrong here but like listening to your music and i've seen you guys live um I think you got one benefit is that you guys are a heavy band, but you're kind of like on the technical aspect. So it Mm -hmm. does kind of that thing where it's like, maybe people don't like, I don't think I need to mosh to you guys. Like I can just enjoy. I'm like, wow, these are fucking good. Like kind of like a between the bear to me kind of deal where it's like, it's probably not as fun for you guys to watch, but I think that's one (laughs) benefit you guys might have, especially being in that genre where it's like, Like, you know, you guys are like bending with like kind of like technical, like kind of death metal shit. Like, you know, where it's like circle pits. It's like, nah, we're good. We're just gonna watch these guys like shred. Like, like,
2: yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. It's like, and there are some shows where I can look in the crowd and I know people are totally into it, but there isn't as much moshing. And then there are shows where the whole room is going ape shit. And it's like, we're a hardcore (laughs) band, you know? So. you're right we do have that benefit we're kind of like we're on the prog spectrum and we've got like that ethereal thing going with our music so it doesn't necessarily bother me when people just watch so I don't think that's a deterrent for me but I could see for like you know a band like Bane like you were just talking (laughs) about that would be really weird to go see those bands live and and no one's moving what else they, do you do yeah.
1: hard course. <laughs> they want pure violence like the guy even said it like i saw a dude <laughs> used, it almost looked like donkey Kong. like a guy picked up another guy like a barrel and threw him at the crowd and yeah. the guy just stared at it and he's like kick that shit up." i was just like all right <laughs> this is an And so I was like let's get back in the guy's like survive survive Holy and they were sick fuck. but fuck yeah. i was like yeah no that ain't happening now like <laughs> well, and i'm so all right like, with that. they're, uh, they're vying fm too. now <laughs> they're
0: what did you see that they're known as a uh, Vein dot FM? Oh, they Are
1: changed not... their? All right.
0: Yeah, they, they released some um, like a new remix kind of album for stuff, and uh, yeah, apparently they're like, oh, we're now Vein FM. I, I was like, okay.
1: okay. I really like that. Hey, that. <laughs> oh, you always want the one. Why would you add some at the end of your name? You get when you get the four letter word as your name, that's kind of perfect. Like, who doesn't want really a spell trademark vein? thing?
0: Trademark or a caper uh like uh, apparently that happened to static X. I didn't know that either. They tried to go out of static. Yeah, apparently they tried that, but they couldn't, so that's why they added the X. That's, that's what someone that's told cool. me.
2: So So what's it your sense. It happened. I'll go ahead.
1: What's your what's your go to like uh ripcord name in case Entheos ever gets taken away? Entheos.p. dot <laughs> something.
2: Entheos dot <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Entheos <laughs> Fuck, I hope that never happens. <laughs> Man, thinking of a band's name or adding stuff to a band name, that's like the hardest thing to do in a band. It's the worst part of being in a band. Once you get over that, you're so I'm trying to just chill with Entheos forever. <laughs>
0: well you guys you guys nailed it too. You're one of those bands where if you do a quick Google search, only you guys come up. You know, what I mean there's some bands where you you search their name like if you do Vane or something. It's not it's not always like clear, you know.
1: Or just a word rope just like oh
2: great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean you know it works in both ways because Entheos is sometimes hard for some people to pronounce or spell but on the other hand what you're saying is right where it's like if you look us up we're the only one so you know it's a it's a give and take situation but I, I really like our name I mean it's it is dope yeah, in my mind, it stands for everything that our band is, because entheos is a real word. It, it means full of God. And uh, it's, it's the root word for enthusiasm. And, you know, we're really into uh, philosophy, philosophical stuff, and the, the full of God. Really what it just means is that, you know, embracing the God within, you are the yeah. creator of your own shit. So yeah, I love our band name and, and it, it goes along with us really well. But you know, sometimes people pronounce it differently or can't spell it. And I'm like, but. <laughs> but-
1: what's the worst way you got that? Cause as someone with a last name, I've like that's spelled weird. Like people have murdered my last name and it's always fun. Like, what was like, what the worst way? So it was like NTOs, like, just like, I can't even spell it. I've been thinking of your name so much. So it's like, I can't mess it up. <laughs> yes. But What's like the worst way? Like, I mean, people
2: up. will say like Athenos or, uh, you know, just like weird stuff like that. But I will, the precursor to this should be my first name is Cheney. So imagine how many times in my life I've heard things, uh, I've heard like names associated with me mispronounced. So I'm so used to it at this point <laughs> in my life. But you know, European people tend to call us Entheos, which is cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of like it. So, um, it, mostly it's just in spellings, like I'll see us written out on a, and it's like E-N-E-T-H-A-O-S-E. Yeah, it or- sounds like
1: something I would do. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I could say you guys' name all day, but I'd just be like, ah, fuck.
0: <laughs> see, I'm on the other side where I can't pronounce anyone's names right. Yeah. You can't. I'm so bad at it. Actually, I was trying to pronounce the, the last band we had, the Exile Martyr. I was trying to t- say their their album title, and I totally butchered it. Novum Phenum. I got it now, though. I got it now.
1: <laughs> Wait, we make up one that? person. Oh. No, novum Thievum? What is it
2: called again, uh. Chris?
0: Novum Phenum.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Novum Phenum. Does that mean yeah. something? It's Latin for something uh, or
0: another, yeah. Probably. Latin, we look it's something beginning end, something like that. I'm sorry, guys, for if I got it wrong,
1: <laughs> yeah. We didn't take Latin. and high- well, I took Latin. High- and high- I failed Latin in high school, so I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> just so stupid.
0: But uh, let's speak about a little bit about new Entheos music because you guys dropped a song, I think, a couple months ago in April. Um, remember, you are dust, so um, is that going to be off like a new album or an EP you're working on?
2: Um, No, that's actually just a one-off single. Uh, Naveen and I just wanted to put out a song. You know, we were going through this thing where we were about to go on two months worth of touring. Our guitar player had just left the band. So we were like, fuck it, let's put out a song. Just the two of us to embark on this new journey of being a new kind of band. And then all touring crashed. So we just have a single out and, you know, so... No, that's just a one off. I think we might put out another single or two before the end of the year, but we are simultaneously working on an album. Actually, Naveen's in the other room working on it right now. Um, uh, we've got probably a good 25 minutes worth of material written. I've been demoing vocals and basically we're, we're writing like a two part album right now so it's gonna we're we're being really meticulous about the way that we're timing it out and um writing the entire thing because the first half is like an 18 minute song we're gonna break it up into separate separate songs but it's meant to be played front to back and the second half will be like that as well so we've got a lot of ideas in mind for our next release but really our thought going into 2020 was just uh, you know, we aren't on the label that we were on when we put out Dark Future, so we saw this year as an opportunity to put out some stuff on our own, um, just so that we could, you know, remember Your Dust, we completely own it, so I think we'll do that with a few more songs and then start looking into labels maybe for putting our next record out on, but yeah, we're really excited about what we're doing, um, it's, it's a little different than Entheos. I think that we're, we're pushing even further into the, the Prague direction of our band. But yeah, I'm, I'm like beyond excited about it and I think that I'll probably be singing for the first time in our band. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's really exciting and Naveen and I are simultaneously working on stuff with other bands. So it's been a really exciting creative year that sounds awesome yeah is
1: it is this like um because i don't know like i always wondered actually because now that you guys are just the two members right it's just two of you and yeah how like how long have you guys been like dating right you guys have been writing music together in the band like this for a while like have you like has it been kind of hard i've like wondered this uh work because you guys live together is like do you turn on and off like writing music does like because i can see the benefits like oh we can literally just like at 10 and at nights like we have a riff get in the room we must write this now it's like <laughs> but it's like i can also see like i might get like fucked up it's like it's one in the morning i don't want to do this like <laughs> it's like for the love of god do you see any well, like be- negatives or benefits since you guys have like started just grinding away at doing this like together in one roof
2: um no there there have really not been many negatives that's it. awesome uh naveen and i've been together for 10 years so oh, when, okay. the band, when the band started we'd already been together for five years and the way we'd, we'd been, you know, operating on our own, doing our own thing, we've both always played music. That was, we met because my band was opening for animals as leaders. So it's been like a thing that's existed in our, in our relationship since the beginning. Oh, that's awesome. And as time went on, Naveen actually is the one who wanted to start our band. And, you know, I was a little hesitant about it at first, just because I, Naveen is very, he's pretty well known in the metal world. And I kind of wanted to like do my own thing before we started a band together. I didn't want this to just be, oh, she's like only in this band because of, she's with him. And you know, I didn't want it to be some bullshit like that. So I was a little hesitant at first. And uh, i I felt like I kind of was starting to like make my own name for myself when we started this band. But anyway, to get back to your point, it's like, all, Naveen writes the music mostly on his own. I don't really have a part in writing the riffs and that type of thing for our band. I have say in it. So whatever he writes, I have a lot of input. I don't think this sounds good there. I I think this should go there. However, our, um, the way that we work in the band is very much a yin-yang because I'm, I'm over here with the lyrics, the vocals, the artistic side of the band, the visual aspects, and Naveen is the guy behind all of our music. He always has been. This isn't anything new. Like, he's always been the primary songwriter of our band. So, and, you know, we're both psychopaths. We work on music all the <laughs> time. It's not, it's not it's weird. It's a great for term. <laughs> it's for our own band or another band to, at one o'clock in the morning, be writing music. Like, that's, Just something that we do anyway. So it's very natural. And what is cool about it is that when we get home from tour or when we're riding, we don't have to turn that off to like participate in our relationship with someone who has no fucking idea what's going on in our musical lives. So that's been a really awesome aspect of being together and doing this band together is that it's very much our baby. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to say that we haven't like had our spats over the band and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's very, Naveen and I are very good at like getting over any disagreement that we've been in quickly. It, yeah. Our Like any disagreement doesn't last very long. And it's it's really helped in the whole band process. So really, it's just like being in a band with your very, very best friend in the entire world who you have. We have so many artistic um, ideas in common that it just, it's been like a totally awesome uh, relationship that's only flourished over time, really.
0: Do you think you guys would stay as a duo?
2: Do I think we'll stay as a duo? Um, Well, that, you know, I don't know. I think that ideally we would both really like for Evan to, to be, to play bass. So I don't really know where that will go. um, If he'll end up playing bass on our new stuff or not. We do have a guitarist who is the guy who's going to be playing with us live and going with us. And I don't know how that will integrate over time. He's a very good friend of ours. He lives in Santa Cruz. He's the person who Naveen has been playing with the longest in his life. And he just kind of fits in really well with us. So, you know, I think we're going to stay... As just me and Naveen for a while, but I'm never going to say we're definitely gonna stay this way because the yeah. way that our band has been has been such like an ebb and flow process. And it's just the nature of technical metal. We don't we don't go on tour and come home with a hundred thousand dollars in each of our pockets. So it's hard for people, especially if you're not the primary songwriter, to stay on the journey all throughout the the lifespan of the band. So it's just natural in the kind of music i play for the band members to to alternate <clears throat> but one thing's for sure that Naveen and i will forever always be in the band and whatever else happens i I really can't give a definitive answer i don't know oh awesome well that's
1: good to hear because i was like always when i was like that's the only thing i could even think of possibly <laughs> is like i was like yeah but well, that's good to hear. I'm glad the core of Entheus will stay strong. That's all. Oh, that's yeah. all Cause I always heard you guys have like members coming in and out. I was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know, that sucks.
2: Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things, man. It's like, we, we aren't on bad terms with anyone who has been in our bands. Like they're Evan is one of our, is like our brother, you know, Travis is our brother. It just so happens that as you go along with life, not everyone wants to ride out the journey till the end. And it's been a hard, those guys made a very hard decision for themselves when they decided to not play with our bands anymore. It wasn't like a fuck you, you know, he, <laughs> that's just not, the, the band has never been that way. And I'm sure that people assume because, you know, that when members change that it's under bad terms or something, but it's like, as you go into your thirties, it's harder to stay, 100 percent into something that isn't necessarily making you a shitload of money so yeah. so yeah it's it, it's just how it goes you see it with all kinds of bands as well members oh, yeah. change all well, the every time. time
1: i die with their drummers literally i think they've had like seven <laughs> drummers like yeah and actually you brought up a point i never even thought about i don't know why it's pretty logical now that you said it but like, yeah, when bands when band members come into like a medium tier band, it's like, oh, well, you guys have like five albums and my name's not on any of them. So I'm just kind of yeah. here, like playing guitar for like, I was like, yeah, it might be why some bands like they just don't keep certain members. It's weird. Like every time I die with drummer, I forgot who I think it unearthed like most of their band, like drum. Oh, another drummer band. Yeah, they literally just went through like seven drummers on.
2: Like What's happening? Like
1: Yeah, trivia yeah. too.
2: It's just the the nature of the game, you know? I mean, even people in huge bands quit. Touring is not for everyone. Touring is very hard, especially if you're not in a situation like me. I get to go on tour with my significant other. So Naveen and I have always been very um, aware of how hard it is for the other members of our band to leave the, their spouses and everything behind to go tour in a van. And it's like, the lifestyle just gets really hard for people no matter the size of the band you're in if you're in a bus and you it looks like this person is handed everything on a daily basis it's hard to be away from home it's hard to miss birthdays and important things and rarely see your family so you know it it sometimes takes a while to find the right people let's
1: yeah well that's why uh was it periphery that's why they never got another basis they were like we like found the perfect synergy with our band. It's like, we can't just add another random person hope that it works out. It's like, we'll just play his st- stuff through the uh through I the think Nolly
0: track. still writes with them though, right? Yeah. And produces them?
2: I think so. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to find new band members, man. It's hard Damn. to bring in a person and expect them to drive with your band in the same way. Yes. It's, well, even it's just
1: jamming just, in a room like I just had some random guy I'm like hey you want to play yeah and I'm just like like 20 minutes I'm like this kind of sucks imagine like being on tour for like a month I'm like I don't even know how to get this guy out of my house like I was like <laughs> back when the drums are at my house I was like ah shit
2: <laughs> exactly and now pretend that your house is a van and you're 10 yeah. days of the tour <laughs> with someone who it's like sometimes we you just go on tour with someone who you have kind of barely met and you, and you maybe have met them at a show and you're like, that guy fucking rules. You get on tour with him for five days and you're like, this motherfucker won't stop smoking cigarettes and blowing them into my face. He smells, he, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it's hard to like people a lot and want to be around them at all, <laughs> let alone for fucking 30 days straight, day and night. You have to really love someone to be able to put up with them for that long, so it's tedious
1: yeah it's also like i wonder what's worse is like the abrupt wake-up call that this person sucks or the slow burns like all right picks his nose that's weird that's kind of gross but i guess i could deal with it all right farts a lot all right is that guy <laughs> pissing on my stuff is he jerking off back there stop <laughs> it <laughs> this guy is awful i'll I'm tell bad. you
2: from- oh shit you're not in focus but i'll tell you from experience it's the slow burn it's that's slow the slow burn yeah the slow burn is the person who's still, I'm still like, man, fuck that guy.
1: but <laughs> And then it's nice. It's like, yeah, hey, you're really fun. Uh, next day, no, you still suck. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it's all that Yeah, it's, that's unbelievable. Well, at least you guys are still like strong, like uh we call foundation. Because again, you guys are sick. And I remember like, Actually, I always wondered this, too, because you probably, you know, maybe I'm just poor and didn't do my research, but I was like, I always wondered when you said you wanted to make your own way in your career, I think you came onto my radar back when you tried out for Vale Meyer, right? That was like, was that like the immediate, like you saw it immediate, like raise and like popularity with just your name where you're like, like, how did that change? Is that the reason why you were all right with starting Entheos? Because you're like, well, I kind of like got my name out there. Now it's time to like get at it.
2: Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that was definitely one of the reasons. Um, So when that happened, Naveen had just left on tour. He was doing a solo project for a while called Naveen K. And he had just flown to Europe uh, the day after I posted that to tour with animals as leaders in Tesseract. And yeah, I woke up the next day and my name was all over Revolver. And my video all of a sudden had over 100,000 plays in a day. And it was kind of crazy and you know that is definitely that's not the reason I felt comfortable but it was definitely one of the stepping stones onto my way to being like okay now I'm Cheney Crab. I'm not Naveen's girlfriend who's in a band and it helped out a lot, man. I mean I still there are still people like you who are like I heard of you through that veil of Maya audition. And there were a lot of people who were in like bigger bands who were really trying to help me get that part in veil vale of maya and so and even people at sumerian and it's so i did feel like i was i was kind of earning my keep through doing that so yeah definitely
1: well crushed i remember like watching i was like i'm just sitting i think like literally i was just kind of lazy around my like room and i was like all right cool new singer let's <laughs> like i was like what the fuck i was like all right not just some person in their room just losing their mind i was like oh shit she's really good like
2: because
1: like at the time like everyone posted like a thing it was like oh i'm fucking john and he's in a wife beater with a fucking his underwear with no microphone just screaming at a phone i'm like this sucks like
2: yeah dude totally um and it's funny because i watched that video like a month or two ago and i was like fuck i sound like shit i could do it so much better now but hey it did it did its job that's for sure
1: that's like yeah and also just doesn't happen too. like i always feel bad like well it's like actually i think it probably ended up better for you in the long run anyways like Mm -hmm. yeah because entheos is dope and if you joined Vale, maya would have been like all right so we just don't get entheos now we just get some weird bastardized version down the road of just whatever happens with those ideas but it's like uh yeah, like I always feel bad because like uh usually you see like when like guitarists or drummers fall out they always like the big bands, everyone just loads up covers, like, oh Slipknot, remember me? Like when Joey Jorison left, like everyone posted slipknot covers, like they actually watch YouTube for their drummers. They don't have like a <laughs> industry behind them to find the best drummers ever. Right. And I was like, Oh, it worked out great. Like that's why I was so happy when when Entheos happened. It's was like, Oh, she caught a band and she's like going big. I was like, Awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like Hell yeah. I mean, you know It was weird posting that cover, it's really the only cover to this day I've ever posted to the internet and I didn't expect um, anyone, I didn't expect to like actually try out for the band and do that stuff so that was cool but at the end of the day I think that Lucas should be the vocalist of Veiled Maya. It's not necessarily like, I think that what they're doing is great, it's not necessarily the band that I personally want to be in so, so it really all worked out for the best.
1: Yeah, also they took like a hard left turn too. Like when I like, like you I did, actually yeah. really, to be fair to them, like I liked Veil vale Maya before, but I kind of like, I like them more now. Like that guy's voice. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Because I thought they were just going to continue on doing what they did, which is sick riffs, like just just hard-ass music, like fast and technical. It's like, oh shit, like this dude's got a voice of an angel. What the fuck? It's
0: a huge Spencer vibe. Spencer from Periphery. I get like that kind of vibe.
2: Yeah, Well, was- I think that Spencer actually produced... Um, at least that first stuff from what I remember. So that totally makes makes sense. sense Yeah. But I, when I tried out for the band, um, God, I can't remember the first song that they put out with Lucas on it. I think it's called maybe Phoenix. Is that the song? Was it that or Mikasa? I thought that was the one I, that was was the first one I heard at least. Mikasa, you're right. So that was the song that they sent me to try out over as well. So I'd heard it, you know, before it was put out. And I was like, okay, this is a, an interesting direction. But yeah, you know, they they told me that they wanted singing and everything. So I was interested to hear what uh, Lucas was going to do over it. And I think he fucking killed it. And since then, we've been on tour with Vail, I think, two or three times. And it to me, it's like, that's the band they should be now. And it's I, I enjoy what they do. But like I said, it's just not what I want to play. Yeah. So I think that it all ended very well
1: yeah i think it actually yeah perfectly because i was like yeah it's also just again crazy like with stuff like that because like you don't see people like you know you kind of posted the perfect cover like literally you could be like uh you could be like if your ego is huge you could just be like technically i'm the best person to ever do a cover why i got famous immediately and i never had to do another one so <laughs> i just went actually made music so see you guys peace Just leave.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and i'm like no, I yeah am. it doesn't happen like,
2: I am very, uh, happy about that, that I didn't, like, I didn't plan out not posting covers, but I am glad that I ran with doing my own material over being like a YouTube cover person, just because I, I'm not like a person, I'm not like a cover person. I create art. The, the cover thing, like, I genuinely wanted to join the band at the time, and that's why I did it. But, you know, power to people. There are a ton of people out there getting famous. Oh, so talented. And so, you know, power to them. It's just not my personal thing.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like they're so, like, like you said, literally insane amount of people. Like every day, like I tried to learn guitar. So I've been watching a lot more guitar YouTubers and stuff. And it just... I don't know if it's like good or bad for my like, my mentality, but I'm just like, how is there just another one of these guys and girls? Like just every single TikTok or Instagram video, I'm just like, oh, this person's a professional level person. All right, this person's professional. It's like, and they're just in their home and their underwear crushing it. I'm like, I don't know why everyone in my stories is in their underwear, maybe (laughs) because I hang out, but like, yeah, they're just like chilling out. Like, yeah, I'll just do this for shits and giggles. And just like, I'm like, all right, cool.
0: Covers done well though are awesome. Like uh, I think uh, a rock, if I pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry again. They did Power Slave. Uh, we were talking about the last time, and that was really cool because they did it in their like extreme death metal style. So oh, it was, that's uh,
2: sick.
0: Yeah, it was like a really cool turn on it. Would you ever change like a song into like an entheos type version?
2: Oh yeah, we've talked about doing cover songs before. I would really like to co- cover like a Cannibal song, oh, uh, a sorry. death a death song. I think would be rad. Yes. I don't know how much we'd have to change those songs, but I'm, um, I would love to do even a classic rock cover or something. And I'm sure we will someday, but you know, I, so I'm not against that type of cover thing, but yeah, what yeah. I don't want to be is like someone who's pumping out a new cover every week and putting it on, on YouTube. That's yeah. just not, not yeah. my shit.
1: Also big tip if you ever do do a cover. Well, actually, I don't want to take the option off the table for you guys. Avoid Deftones because those fans are brutal. <laughs>
2: how dare you
1: you're not chino just like oh my god i'm like this is a pretty good cover go to the comments and they're just rip i'm like oh you guys are dicks like we get it
2: <laughs> like, i mean chino does. F-Town fans have, get brutal he has a distinct voice and it gets weirder you know the voice is a very the voice is an interesting instrument because no one's no one's is the same no one's voice is the same no matter how hard you try no matter how many similarities you hear and it's always going to sound a little different if you cover a deftone song or if you cover a tool song or whatever so people are i think are just going to be assholes about it yeah and it's the nature of the internet so it's like times two it's brutal but, you know, a cover is a cover i mean i don't it, you, you kind of have to take it like i'm hearing a different band just do a rendition of rather than i'm listening to a band try to copy exactly what chino sounds like or
1: yeah i think people don't do that i think they literally go in i guess i'm listening to passenger let's see how this sounds that's not deftones
2: i thought they were kidding
1: when they said it was a cover i thought they just sound like deftones
2: (laughs) right but i mean dude okay so let's look at like a classic rock example of that so joni mitchell wrote the song woodstock i don't know if you guys listen to joni mitchell but crosby stills and nash are actually who made Woodstock that song famous? I hate their version of it. I fucking hate their version of Woodstock, <laughs> but it got really famous. And I love Joni's version, but it's like that's the difference between a, a, two people playing one song. It's it's drastically different, and it should be taken in each person's style because that's that's what a cover is. That's why I never really understand when I hear a cover that's an exact replica of the original song because it's like well i mean how did you make this your own
1: yeah yeah i it's totally true too it's also like because you can't buy a different voice you're born with it like you said that's why like (laughs) people who like even don't sing but they sing and someone's like yeah you suck it's like you're not a singer but your ego is like i'm sorry (laughs) it's just like oh that's my body that's not just the guitar (laughs) that's just like a drum or something that sucks it's like you just (laughs) It's almost like your my throat sucks. Thanks, you asshole. Like
2: Totally. Yeah, it's it's a little more offensive. But the interesting thing with a voice is that a lot of these people, um, who are super famous singers aren't very good singers. They have distinct voices and they make it work. It's like some of the best I mean, is Bob Dylan a good singer?
1: Fuck no, he's no. terrible.
2: Fuck no. But he's I just went down to the pumpkin patch and you know he's got <laughs> the Bob Dylan thing and that's what you're there to hear you're there to hear like the poetry with the, it, it, the like the whole aspect like there are very good singers obviously yeah. There are incredible singers and there are people who definitely should never grab a microphone because they're so tone deaf but there is this world of people who it's like if you hear them out of context, they're not good singers, but they're great in the band that they're in or doing the thing that they're doing.
1: Yeah. The attitude and energy put into it, like almost all punk singers.
2: Yeah. It's like, and then
1: it's like the dead Kennedy's guy. no it's like, what the fuck? And it just sounds awesome. But you just hear that dude's like, Hey, can you sing? Like, like my heart will go on. It's like, no, it's like, I would no. suck. It's like, I'm like, yeah, it's, but people get offended when he's like, oh, it's like, he's amazing in contact. Like you said, like some guy broke that down. Was it the punk rock NBA guy? He like broke it down. He's like, yeah, these singers are really good in your genre, but like don't compare them to like Ariana Grande or something. It's like, you might not like that pop music, but like most of those pop singers are really good. They might not create their music, but like, Mm -hmm. they're like talented wise, but it's like in your genre too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Speaking before you said that you had uh you're going to do like clean vocals on the new record? Yes. So is, uh, what kind of like, in, like, in like inspired you to do that?
2: Um, I've always known, like I've always had that in my back pocket as something that I would probably pull out eventually. Just the nature of the material. I've, I've kind of been waiting for a time where I heard Entheos material. And I was like, this is when I'm going to bust it out. And, <laughs> This new stuff has really spoken to me in that way. Uh, And, you know, just growing up, feeling more comfortable with, I I want there to be a diverse uh, vocal landscape on Entheos. And yeah, so that's what inspired me. I just haven't really felt like anything in the past really called for it, Um, aside from like pitched screaming that I do. So yeah, just right time, right place, really
0: who influenced you like uh uh, you mentioned like randy uh like lamb of god and stuff like that was it randy
2: uh to sing no i don't i probably don't like any of lamb of god's material where randy is singing Uh, Um, or i haven't heard it or i haven't heard i'm trying to think of what i've heard i think the only song i've really heard is that redneck song because i'm i'm like a an early school lamb of god fan
0: redneck is pretty yeah sacrament was that 2003
1: 2005
2: yeah. No, tell, yeah, yeah two thousand five.
1: Well no, like you're talking about singing? Yeah. Well, yeah, singing he only did well, the I think like, he only did like three tracks, like two he sang and one he talked. Like King Me like uh, talked. Yeah, Not gonna yeah. do a dissertation on Lamb of God. But like <laughs> actually two thousand seventeen. Sure? Yeah, no. I'll just start like <laughs> I gotta shut up now or I'll just start talking about Lamb of God. So why didn't Shane well, talk about done. Lamb of God for an hour? It's like my fault. <laughs>
2: No but I mean there wasn't anyone in particular that inspired me. I've always been like I listen to a lot of sung stuff. I mean if you come into my house most of what I'm listening to nowadays is Eric Badu, Joni Mitchell, classic rock shit. I just like singing. Uh, there wasn't necessarily like one person who I'm like they're singing in their band now so I have to as well. <laughs> it's it's the just moment. Yeah, I just, I like a lot of metal that's like that too. You know, Cynic is one of my favorite bands. Uh, so, so good. Yeah, yeah, and and before I've experimented a bit with Vocoder. Like I did that on Dark Future. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I've always wanted to venture into clean singing with Vocoder as well. So it's just a culmination of my life rather than being directly inspired by another vocalist to do it.
1: Would you say it's more nerve wracking to like, because it's kind of weird, like between screaming and singing. Because like screaming, it's like people might not like it, because like, well, they're not in the yeah. metal. But like singing, everyone can have, everyone's got an opinion about singing. It's like, do you get more nervous about the idea? Well, like screaming or singing, kind of idea.
2: Um. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I don't really get nervous okay. about it. Um. As long as it's really as long as I'm fully confident in what I'm putting out, there aren't really nerves attached to it because it's like if I like what I did, you can't really hurt me. There are a lot of people who I've heard don't like the vocoder stuff that I did and I don't give a fuck at all. Like I'm <laughs> still going to do more. I, that made me want to do more of it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, that was a great touch to the album.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I I love you know, I was talking about Fever Ray earlier. Karen from Fever Ray uses a ton of vocoders And that was a, an inspiration behind me going into that world. And it's just like, you know, I like to experiment. I like to do stuff and throw it in a wall and see if it sticks. And at the end of the day, what really matters is whether I like it or not. And if I don't like it, I'm not going to continue to do it. And if I do like it, I'm going to do way more of it. Oh, awesome.
1: That's an adult. Mature way of looking at it. Uh, it's way better than the I, other way. I, I Usually both. people look at it like they don't like it. Chase, scream more, or should I sing more? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so is this it's album like? Hard.
0: Would you say that this album is like a uh, similar sound to Dark Future, or is it like really like a, like far away? Like has it changed a lot?
2: Um, I would say that this album is like a next logical step to Dark Future. It's kind of a culmination of all of Entheos pushed forward. And it sounds I don't know if you guys are familiar, Naveen had a project, it's technically his solo project with Johnny Davy from Job for a Cowboy called Flesh Rot. And he was fully responsible for the instrumentation on that. So it's got a lot of that flavor as well. I would say even more than older Entheos has.
1: Was that the band so, he was before Animals as Leaders?
2: Yeah, I mean it's hard for me to call them like a full-fledged band because music, they never like,
1: like, like project right yeah.
2: yeah 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 so he put out that album in 2010 so it's actually like directly while he was in animals okay leaders. yeah but it was awesome. he had been working on it and when he was in animosity and then did that uh, and yeah that was the band all right because i remember his name i was like
1: what when he came out of nowhere i was like holy shit!" and i just kind of like <laughs> looked him up and was like where'd he come from like who is this guy Dude. with no toms just one you know, <laughs> thing.
2: You know what's funny is I still remember reading the Lamb article that was like Animosity drummer Naveen Copperweiss joins animals as leaders. And I was stoked because far before I knew Naveen, I was a huge fan of Flesh Rot. So.
1: Oh, man. Also, I got to listen to that too because I, I love Johnny. I was actually just listening to John for a Cowboy. I was like, what fucking happened? Why did people come out the new album now? They are? Oh, yeah. This is a great day. I
2: (laughs) I think it's recorded, right?
0: No. I think they're recording
1: it. They're recording it. Okay. I mean, it's been so long. Yeah. No.
2: It has been a long time, right?
1: Yeah, it's also just weird, like, that MySpace deathcore stuff. Like, you know, I don't hate it, but, like, people were like, yeah, breakdowns. And then they became, like, a really good technical death metal band. But for some reason, that was just no go. Like, people were like, No! (laughs) no i suck where are the breakdowns i'm just like no but they're still really good like no listen and then they just like like they just were never as big i was like are you shitting me like they're so good
2: yeah which is funny because i mean johnny is one of my favorite death metal vocalists he's fucking incredible and i really liked the progression i think that the name of that first ep was the doom ep i thought that the progression was amazing and you know when they brought nick uh in on bass for sun eater and danny walker on drums and stuff it that was a really good record and i think that a part of the reason that they didn't stay as big is probably because i don't think they've toured off of that album at all and that you know helps keep the momentum but yeah i'm really excited to hear their new record i'm definitely a fan
0: That's what bands are talking about now is that, like, they're putting out records and they can't tour and support it. So they're getting kind of a little bit worried. So a lot of uh, bands are trying to do, like, you know, the live stream shows where they each record off Zoom and then put it up. Like, Lamb of God did that and some other bands did that. They're just doing anything they can just to support their releases.
2: Yeah, man. It's a weird world that everyone's having to, to become a part of very quickly because no one expected this at all so but i think that a lot of bands have been doing a really good job uh black dahlia murder like they're doing a fucking stand-up job of just staying out there even though they'd be on a tour cycle right now for verminous uh seems like they're always doing some form of promotion or something on the internet and they've done a great great job of keeping the momentum up on that album and you know people are they're uh changing with
1: the times i think yeah which is awesome it's just sad that you know i have a very short attention span so i understand like the fact <laughs> that but it's just like it sucks it's like oh it's like because like certain albums come out and people forget about it. like i even do it there was an album like two months ago i thought i was like i'll never stop listening to this and i've stopped listening i just went back like last week i was like why the fuck did i stopped listening to this it was only a month ago what happened <laughs> <laughs> well, What on. was it? what
2: was the album
1: I think it was, well, actually two. Loathe and Code Orange album. Like literally, I think Loathe is going to be like album of the year, that Loathe. If you've never listened to it, I recommend it. And I like just haven't listened to Loathe and I'm like, the fuck's my problem? I literally like was just playing it and laying on my bed. I'm like, this is amazing. Just let it keep playing. (laughs) (laughs) Just vibing to it in your bed. Yeah, just vibing, glow sticks, just alone, just like, (laughs) just just feeling my, you know, just like, I was like, I don't know why that happens. I was like, did you ever do that? Do you do that a lot? Do you just randomly just like drop a band out of nowhere and you're like, wait, why did I do that? Was it because I hated it?
2: Yeah, no, it's just, you know, things go in and out of rotation for me. I tend to be like a pretty obsessive listener. So if I'm really into something, like I said, all I listen to right now is Eric Bondu, Joni Mitchell and that kind of stuff. So I'll listen to stuff for like over and over and over for two, three months. And then I just won't listen to it again for two years. You know, it's, it's weird the consumption of music and the way that that goes but hey man it is what it is there's a lot of music out there that's good
1: yeah i feel like you can only listen to the amount of music unless you do what henry rollins does which he actually makes a schedule to listen to new music he's like okay (laughs) i listened to this once now the next song i listen and then on sunday says it's his candy day that's when he re-listens to music i'm like you made another job just to listen to tunes like he just sits (laughs) in his living room just listening (laughs) It's just like okay
2: holy shit yeah candidate
1: i was like i, like I might that. have to do that because like i'm running out of mental space because then i keep going yeah. back to old records I'm like, no fuck i gotta go to the new one but this old one's right. awesome
2: that's a th- that that is a thing for me too. like i still listen to a lot of stuff that i've listened to for the last like 10 or 15 years you know i i I, it's, I do find new bands that I really love and I obsess over, but I definitely like get nostalgic a lot and I'm still listening to a lot of the same shit. So.
0: Dude, I heard Slipknot, uh, my, uh, new abortion. Um, and I just had such memories of like early, like, uh, like mid middle school, kind of like early high school, like all that nostalgia came back after hearing Slipknot. Cause like, I haven't heard that song forever. Like you know, right now I've been focusing on their new latest album or something like that. I heard that I was like, "Oh my god, I remember this! This is great."
1: Remember music? Remember this song? Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> that that happens. Like I think I just I do that with "Bleed Through," "Love Lost in uh, Slow Motion." Or what was it "Love in Slow Motion"? I that chorus got stuck in my head for like eight years after I listened to it. Uh, I was like,
2: "Are you talking about Love Lost in a Hail of Gunfire'?"
1: Or oh, well, that one too. Yeah, all, oh, there's mine. another yeah. one that's "Love in Slow
2: Motion." Yeah, that on the one. Truth, right, it's yeah. on the truth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my brother sent that to me on AIM. Yeah, on <laughs> AIM. And he's like, dude, listen to this shit. I was like, this is awesome. And then, like, I'd listen to them here and there. And I never got an album. I just had that song. So, like, five years went by. I was like, what is this course?" It's like, oh, my <laughs> God. I just went through my music file. I was like, there it is. Like, holy shit. I was like, I can't believe it.
2: Bleeding through was my shit back in the day. Oh, man.
1: Love that. It, it blows my freaking mind that, like, you could be too early with a genre of music and it just fucks you over somehow even though you're sick like bleeding through i feel like was too early for them like they just like they're so good yet they just got overlooked like weirdly
2: well i don't know if that's totally true though because bleeding through was fucking huge like when i was yeah i would say around the time i was 19 so probably like oh seven oh eight like they were touring in a bus and shit However, like I was talking about, like, the band momentum thing, people stopped losing momentum, and I feel like that's where they really, like, want to fall off. Because Naveen has told me, like, the first... There was this time when metal didn't really go to House of Blues, right? So Unearth was really the first band to take tours to House of Blues, and the tour was Unearth Bleeding Through, Through the Eyes of the Dead, Animosity. Jeez. And, like, Bleeding Through was fucking huge at that time. and Naveen has told me like people would congratulate him for getting on that tour and stuff. It was a really really fucking big deal, but it is amazing and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. How a band can be so huge for like a moment in time and then 10 years later they're like barely anyone like the young kids, I would be really surprised if a lot of them know who Bleeding Through they is.
1: have no idea, guaranteed.
2: Yeah. It's because <laughs> yeah. To exactly. me, that's like shit I grew up on, you
1: know? Yeah. Well, Lamb of God. Like, literally, I think I was like, yeah, you know, I do reactions and I do like a stream. And I was like, I just did a stream where I was listening to music and there was just some random people in my stream. And I just showed them Lamb of God. And they're like, oh, this is my dad's music. Like, I never even listened. I'm like, you're into metal. And they're oh, like, no. that side, so- like Goja even. I'm like, <laughs> like these are not like Gotra just kind of got famous like they've been around a long time but like they've now hitting their stride now it's like you don't know about them i was like what if, you listen to metal though i was, was like what? it's it's also like is metal so huge too people can literally just sit in industrial and they're like yeah I listen to metal it's like i've never i barely even know slayer it's like what do you mean like so it's like or yeah. just a big band i'm like all right cool yeah yeah it is weird
2: and i mean you know i'm I'm going to be 32 in September, so it's like a lot of people around my age have 12, 13 year old kids and a lot of the music <laughs> that we grew up on, that I grew up on, is their parents' music, you know, so it's like. That's nice. It's, yeah, I mean all that like deathcore, MySpace era deathcore, that's like long gone at this point and that, those were the shows that I was going to once, twice a week back in the day. It's just, it's crazy how yeah. things change.
1: Also, glad I will say, I was kind of looking back at some of the old music. Like, not even like, even just our late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm kind of glad that hairstyle died. Uh, whatever that weird bang thing that was kind of in the scene and then kind of like yes. Death Corps kind of had it. I was like, man, what? I know everyone's like, oh, I'm embarrassed as a kid. I'm like, that was maybe the worst hairstyle I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I thank God I didn't take yeah. that. I listened to the music and it was fun. It was a good time. But I was like, how many people can have like that weird hair metal but like scene bang thing? I was like. What the fuck? Did you Dude, do anything?
2: Totally, like, did you ask me if I did uh, that?
1: Yeah. Did you ever do some crazy style? Or you just kept long hair and just kept kept strong throughout the crazy hairstyles?
2: Um. You know, I think I I had like bangs that were reminiscent of it, but I was never a scene queen. I've always been like, I've always <laughs> been like a band. That's crew. great. You know, I've been in bands since I was like 13 years old. So it's, I've always been like band shirt, that type of person. <laughs> like, I, I was never, uh, never a scene yeah. queen always kept
1: it pretty real yeah it's it's brutal because i like watching some of these videos i'm like dude i like i just remember being like yeah this is what what people look like i look back now i'm like man good thing my friend our friend brian shout out brian yeah your fucking hair ridiculous back in the day i'm so glad it's (laughs) gone so many of my friends were
2: like that too man and the one thing i really remember is like super big dudes would be in the tightest skinny jeans of all time (laughs) and then they would have like a muffin top hanging over like incredibly tight skinny jeans i'm like fuck man that doesn't look comfortable at all with the worst kind of belt for that
1: that. a studded belt so it's just biting into your muffin top too it's not even just like it's like oh it's awesome i'm uncomfortable (laughs) and possibly getting marks on my sides awesome so happy
0: well, this seems like a good time to go into our, our segment we like to call the uh, Three Random Silly Questions segment. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, first, one, first one's pretty good. It's uh, best tour prank you've witnessed or been a part of.
2: Okay. Um. Best tour prank. I didn't really witness it, and I can't remember which guy in Revocation this happened to, but it was our very first tour with NPO's and someone had fallen asleep in the revo van after we played this venue in el paso and like the rest of revocation took a bunch of garbage and just threw it all over the van and inside of the van from what i remember and that was pretty weird uh yeah dude i don't know it's hard for me to think of tour pranks because tour is just so fucking weird anyway but yeah uh I don't know. I don't really have any crazy good tour prank type story, but just.
0: You goes to share sure anything that you thought was like weird or unusual too.
2: I don't even know. Nothing's really coming to mind. So nothing, <laughs> I don't think anything crazy as of right now. I mean, on that same tour though, revocation didn't have air conditioning and it oh, was the dead, oh the God. dead of summer. And they tried to make this like, Air conditioning contraption with a bucket and <laughs> uh, what's that stuff that you spray in your walls and it expands? Uh, so like
1: it's like foam of some sort, or like, yeah,
2: it's like that foam stuff. So, they tried to make an air conditioning unit with the foam and then like a pole coming out of a bucket that had ice water in it or something. And they did it, and then all of the foam just sprayed over all over their entire fan. <laughs> and, and it, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just weird shit like that that happens every day.
0: Oh, sounds Dude, I, I want to get them on the show now to ask about that. Like, what? That seems oh, so crazy.
2: <laughs> you should absolutely. Revocation are, especially Brett, they're just crazy and funny and amazing. They're like one of my favorite bands that we've toured with. Just one of my favorite group of dudes. They're they're awesome and they're cool. So. Yo, dude, that's gangster though.
1: I would just give up, man. I would never even think to get. That. I guess I'm not in, like I don't have much in ingenuity cuz I would just be like I guess we're going to smell for a month and possibly have a heat stroke. Like yeah. <laughs> this is our life.
2: <laughs> I I let the dudes handle any I'm not like I don't like I'm not like a mechanic type or a. You know, so I let everyone else kind of handle that shit. <laughs> We're going to build an air conditioning unit. I'm not going to be the one building
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I along. I'm out of here. You guys handle it. Exactly. Oh, man. Next question. What's their biggest pet peeve?
2: I don't really have very many pet peeves. Honestly, uh, my fiance tells me that nothing annoys me. But That's you know awesome. what really fucking annoys me? Lately, it's been... Okay, so I've heard people say, it's when people say weird things like weird bands are overrated. Like saying that the Beatles are overrated. How can the Beatles be overrated when they they created so many things? Or like saying that uh, Corpse Grinder is an overrated vocalist. If you're, <laughs> you can't call Corpse Grinder an overrated vocalist because he's like one of the first people to ever do it, really. I mean, Chris Mar- yeah, whatever anyone who came before him. but i think that people use the term overrated in a really fucking weird way that i don't agree with
1: thousand uh, percent agree
2: yeah so that's probably my only pet peeve that i have is people using overrated and underrated in weird ways
1: so i'm gonna put a shot in the dark and assume you probably think the same what about sellout too you think people overuse that word too that yeah. phrase
2: Oh, they got a lot of money they're sold sold out
1: it's like they're still doing exactly what they were doing what are you talking about
2: yeah it's like all that shit is so stupid and it's just stuff that a 14 year old would say you know it doesn't have any real daring in the real world oh they sold out you mean they're making money off of their art and like (laughs) able to live off of it and they're 40 years old it's like wouldn't it be more selling out for them to say fuck this band because we aren't making enough money off of it and go home and have a job like yeah the selling out thing doesn't it's goofy I
1: never really thought of having kids but I will say I thought of having a kid just to train the kid in fighting and when 14 year olds or younger kids than me say some bullshit like that I'm just like go out there punish her (laughs) 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 ding ding start it off punish these people (laughs) it's like chris knows i lose my mind every time actually he breaks my balls and he always tries to jokingly tell me that my bands are over i'm like shut the fuck up it's not true like it's like i i'll lose my mind i'm like i can't handle it like especially someone on the outside i'm just like no they're not they're just making good music all right regardless uh
0: question number three um uh Oh yeah, this one's just funny because we had it on the podcast before. Denny's or IHOP?
2: I'm going Denny's. I'm yes! Leonard's yes! all the way. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> we call we call it Leonard's on tour two, so like Lenny's just like if you if you hop in there at one o'clock in the morning after the show's over sometimes you'll just get treated you'll get the perfect waiter who should be working in a five star Michelin or a michelin five-star restaurant whatever and it just hits so well that with they'll bring you mozzarella cheese sticks and you can also get <laughs> pancakes or you can get a Boca burger or whatever the fuck you want <laughs> i just have a lot of good stories from yes. leonard's too so ihop isn't i don't think we've ever gone to ihop once on tour in this band
1: wow Damn. Yeah, Chris, leave the chat. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> you, you lost are you more that. are you more of an IHOP man, Chris?
0: Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't hate Denny's as much as a uh, Blackground Initiate, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I rather IHOP to be honest. Actually, I never had the Denny's Grand Slam though. It's Jesse keeps awesome. raving about that.
1: You have everything. Of course, it's not a good breakfast because it ruins the rest of your day. Because I literally fall asleep immediately <laughs> at nine in the morning if I have it. But I'm just like, <laughs> well, it's time. It's time to do it. America's well, diner, bro. Have some respect.
0: I'm also the guy who orders a burger at High Hop too.
2: <laughs> oh shit! I've heard they aren't they like a burger place now or something? No, that would...
0: <laughs> they've been adding more. I heard like uh, don't they have like actual sandwiches too now?
2: Oh really? Yeah. But
1: I'm pretty you,
2: sure. you know, really, do you guys fuck with Cracker Barrel?
0: Yes. If I if we're around, it's not really around us. But when I'm down south, yeah.
2: Cracker Barrel is top tier that's cool. i would rather go there over because Denny. it's so cheap
0: you get, you get so, so much food for so cheap.
2: cheap and you just it's like down home you know and they call you hun you feel you just feel <laughs> like. i feel like i'm really like doing the southern thing if i'm in cracker <laughs> and i like the store as well i like to shop around
0: dude my sister always goes every time like when we were with right her she would shop around there for like while we were waiting to get seated it's it's a perfect like it's a smart business move to be honest it's like oh you have to wait 30 minutes like oh no problem we have a gift store
2: i know exactly i i love that gift store so yeah i'm going cracker
1: there we go oh the third one edit the question chris edit the question (laughs) yeah no i always been weird i don't know i had i just added that because we begin random arguments with people because i'll just randomly mention denny's and then if you're talking to someone who likes ihop they're just like you're an I'm idiot. I'm like, like, what? <laughs> just, they're just like fast food chain breakfast places. I don't know what you're saying.
2: Like. You know what? IHOP does have that uh, syrup platter that they bring you. So that, it's good for oh, them. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Syrup, yeah. All right, Chris, okay. take it
1: down a notch. Yes, blueberry. Oh,
2: Chris, what? Maple. <laughs> Get a little pornographic. Up there.
1: Jesus Christ! Well, luckily, it's the end of the show.
2: <laughs> we know what Chris is doing.
1: Unfucking You guys know me too well now. Embarrassed. <laughs> also, because your phone's downward, your eyes are kind of closed. And You're just like, yeah, <laughs> fucking, fucking syrup, dude.
2: <laughs> fucking syrup. Oh man! Yeah.
1: Unbelievable. All right. Well, that was the three. Actually, Chris, you—that's your job. Segue <laughs> out of the three.
0: <laughs> the uh, random silly question segment. Hope you enjoyed that.
2: <laughs> I love. It.
0: That was fun. Um, okay, so what upcoming plans do you guys have, Anthios? Uh, anything you want to share to the fans for them to look forward to?
2: Um, I think I've pretty much covered it all. We're just working really hard writing right now. So next year, we're definitely going to be putting a new album out, and we're really excited about it. So look forward to that.
0: Are we getting like a lyric video or music video or something of the sort?
2: Uh, definitely music video. I, I don't think I will ever put out another lyric video if I have anything to do with it. I oh, don't. I don't like lyric videos. I'm. Not, I just. I'd rather put out a music video and write the lyrics in the description.
1: Yeah, yeah, that might be the move. Yeah,
0: I know p- bands have been doing it just for extra exposure. Because sometimes, if you noticed, um. So like a band will put out a single and they put out a lyric video, they get double pressed from it online. I've noticed that so many times. And then when they put out the music video, they get more pressed for that song.
2: Totally. So. I think I'd rather just put out a plain old visualizer or something. There, I don't know. I'm just I've never really been into the lyric video thing. And you know, I, I mean no offense to anyone who was chosen to do that. It's just not my thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So. Headline: If you put a lyric video out, get out. Cheney, Chaney- <laughs> trust
2: you. She thinks you suck.
1: <laughs> also it's the worst if you're a fast screamer rapper singer maybe my eyes don't work probably but every time they do like the crazy sideways words as they're just like coming down really quick i'm like i can't even read the fucking lyrics
2: <laughs> exactly it's like
1: <laughs> no yeah it's almost like oh. word mortal combat i was just like is someone winning it's like a transformer movie I'm like i don't know who's winning but i guess we'll find Watching out at 20-
2: ones, like what's happening i don't know what's happening. Yet.
1: Well, uh,
0: thank you so much for joining the show before we get kicked out again. <laughs> yeah. of course.
2: Thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. Oh, it's awesome. yeah, it's going to be awesome.
1: always hell welcome. Yeah.
2: Hell yeah. Ask me whenever I, I love talking, as I'm sure you can tell. From <laughs> <things>. <laughs> but yeah, hell yeah. Have a good day. I'm going to go drink some beer.
1: I'll get after it. See That's awesome. Fuck
2: yeah. All right. Have a
1: good one. Thanks.
0: And welcome back to the Metal Teddy Bear Experience podcast. Your host Chris got Jesse here. What's up? We're
1: back, how's it going? We're and back.
0: uh, hope you guys enjoyed that nice little entheos interview with Chaney Crab, the vocalist duo part one, part two. <laughs> I thought that was really cool with the duo thing. Um, that they're, they're going forward with that. That was really cool because you don't see a lot of bands do that. I mean, in their circumstance, it makes sense, but uh, I guess uh, every band can't really do that.
1: Yeah, well, it's also like that's the thing, like after. <laughs> because obviously you're watching this part because we uh, just finished the interview portion. But like most bands, I feel like you kind of make up for each other's weaknesses. And when you have most of the things done with just two people, I guess technically it doesn't matter because everyone doing the productive part of the band is working together. Like, is in there. It's not like... Entheos had two really other talented members that were like writing a bunch and then they're randomly <laughs> just gone. So it's like, oh no, like the songwriter is gone. You know, and it's like, oh shit, like a kill switch if like Adam D just left. It'd be like, oh, like, oh no, wait a minute. Actually, Times He's of Grace, everything. perfect example. Adam D and just Jesse, they're the two main people in the band. And then the other people came in and toured with them after they those two wrote it.
0: I think though on this record, they Adam didn't do the
1: drums, right? Well, no, I guess they're probably gonna go with because I saw them in the uh, instrumental version. They did, they redid the forgotten one, and the drummer was there. So I'm guessing. Sorry, I don't know your name, dude. I'm sorry, I just referred you, the percussionist. But yeah, like it seems like I guess they're going with whoever was torn with them, and they're just in the band now. Didn't Joel tour with them too? At the end, because the guitarist left, I think. Okay. Yeah, actually, I think in the end, actually, did did Mike do it too? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So when you got the two dynamics like that, like, you know, she said, best yourself, they're like yin and yang. Like, literally, he handles all these parts, she handles those parts, and they come together to make the music, which is also super interesting because of how technical and, like, interesting that band is. So it's super cool. I like it. Super
0: dope, and I can't wait for the record. I mean, I can't believe it's been three years since uh, Dark Futures came out. Because that was something I was spending a lot on my show, if you guys remember. And um, they were on Spine Farm, and now they're going to find their own label. They're either going to do it themselves or look for labels, whatever fits best for them. So that would be cool. I can't wait. Uh, did you get to hear the uh, nice little clip of new music they put on, I think it was Instagram or one of their social medias?
1: I don't remember. I've been living in a world of audio files for the last like, week, so I can't remember. <laughs> so i just been okay. clicking play on everything.
0: Man, it was like a month
1: ago, but, <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, stop calling yeah, uh... me out on the show.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's pretty good, shaping up to be awesome. I mean, the track they released before, Remember You Are Dust, was pretty good. I think that was in April they released that. So, whatever they have coming forward is going to be great. And I'm really interested to in hearing, um, how her clean vocals sound.
1: Yeah, that's going to be cool. Cool. Also, just cool, some cool. of the influences she said, it's like, oh, shit. Like, she mentioned, like, what was it? Freaking Cynic and Erica Badu, like
0: the voice coder thing made total sense when she said she was a fan of Cynic and Paul and all that, because majority of the stuff he does is through a voice coder. So,
1: I mean, no, I thought it was like a weird. That's voice coder. I thought that was. uh, I thought. Well, I guess maybe voice coder is the the thing, and you add effects to it. But uh, I thought it was like uh, what the fuck's it called? What's the pitch correction? Auto tune. That was like a form of auto tune he did, mm-hmm. even though he literally doesn't need it. Because on the Carbon Anatomy, carbon based Anatomy EP,
0: I mean, you can probably look it up.
1: Yeah. Either way, uh, that's gonna be awesome. Those two influences are awesome. She was super fun. The music's great, and I'm happy they're gonna continue on strong. Because sometimes, like you know, when everyone leaves the band or whatever for certain reasons, yeah, it's always scary. Yeah, it's like I don't. Yeah, I don't want fucking. And then they just fucking were two adults, and they're like, well it's time to be adults pay taxes Power forward and fucking make metal music it's gonna be awesome i'm excited actually i guess we could talk about this because i'm actually curious do you know what happened with the spotify thing because i read an article or two and i was kind of confused did something well, get announced or did the guy just do an interview and everyone took the interview out of context yeah is that what happened
0: yeah, so basically, the uh, Spotify CEO did a interview with Music Alley. Uh, it was like a podcast interview kind of thing, and he kind of like said some controversial controversial stuff. But I feel like a lot of his what he said was taken out of context. Um, so like, I'll, I'll read a, a direct quote right now. Actually, Keith Buckley responded to it, which was pretty cool. I don't know yeah, if you literally everyone
1: responded to it. I didn't see his. I saw saw. I saw a few so artists. But I saw what's his favorite? What's the guy, Twisted Sister? D. Snyder. I saw D. Snyder D. and Jamie Josta both tweet at it. But then I read the article and it didn't make sense because it didn't announce anything. It was just an interview. And also, I felt like it was kind of. Actually, you read it. Do your thing first. Well,
0: I was just going to read the quote because uh, this has usually been the headline. And this is the exact quote the guy said. Um, he said, there is a narrative uh, fallacy here combined with the fact that obviously some artists that used to do well in the past may not do well in this future landscape, where you can't record music once every three to four years and think that's going to be enough. And um, I kind of do agree with that, though. Right? You, I feel like if you want to stay relevant and you want to keep making money, keep putting out products.
1: Yeah. Like, here's the thing about what this guy did. If – because <laughs> – I don't know. The article I read confused me because they announced, they said something back in 2017, someone wrote an article about Spotify and said, it's not just a flat rate per play, unless like you have like, cause I always thought, this is how I thought Spotify was. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say, I thought you got 0.4 cents or what the fuck ever, uh, you know, uh, for a play, unless you had like a bigger band and you had a deal. Like I know, I think some of the bigger artists have a personal deal. So they get a little bit more. Yeah, I heard but it depends on the label deal What they said What this person in this article said That it's based off uh, It's like plays are based off of the top track plays So like it's based off Somehow they do like an algorithm based off Like let's say Bruno Mars has like a couple hundred Fucking million streams Like your streams of like a thousand on your song Or like worked against each other And they come up with the amount they give you And I was like one That's confusing as shit there sounds like a lot of ways to get around that like, get mo- get more money, maybe. I don't fucking know. But also, it's just confusing me. Did you hear anything about that?
0: No, I, I didn't hear that.
1: Very conf- actually, I'll read the actual quote. Yeah, because uh, it was confusing, because I also have another thing to say about Spotify, because I think, I-, I like, not defending Spotify here. This also upsets me, because, again, you know me. I think Spotify is the best streaming platform. I just wish, you know, more bands got more money out of
0: Yeah, they usually get the flack for being the most popular and the and the one that has like the most bands and content and songs on it, but they always pay their artists the least amount.
1: So this is, wait, okay. So this is the article. So stocks spot. This is the this is the thing I read. Spotify stock value hit an all time highs of fifty billion this summer. Even as questions about the streaming platform's compensation of artists remain unresolved, royalties on Spotify and Apple Music are determined on a, quote, pro-rata basis. Payment on each particular song is based on how much the song is streamed in comparison with the platform's most popular tracks. This results in the tiniest of payouts for most independent musicians. So I don't really understand that. I didn't know that was the thing, but this is from an article from 2017.
0: What what was the where's the article?
1: Uh, it's from the Baffler. Let me send this to you. Huh. I'll send you both. Uh, that's interesting. I did not yeah, because that. that that's that's quoted in this article. The Fader released an article about it, which also let's just can people stop putting once every three to four years. Quote: It's very. It was not what I thought he said. I thought he was penalizing people for. I thought Spotify was going to penalize people for not releasing content ever like that he's just talking about you're going to lose steam in general because people yeah. are going to focus on it. that that is not a fucking bad quote like let's be <laughs> honest that's just disingenuous yeah, it's, not. it's not it's just true like literally it's why people don't release singles far away from their album because they have to keep the momentum until their album comes out and you don't want to it's almost like a fighter in a fight camp, preparing, he's got to peak at a certain level, or else he gets to the fight and it sucks. When you're, if you release too many songs or not enough songs, or don't do enough, and your album comes out, all of a sudden, all your buys are not there. It's like, what the fuck? And uh, but what do you think about that? That pro rata thing does that kind of confusing, right?
0: That is confusing, and if if that is the case, that really sucks. That really is bad. I mean, the the, the way I thought it worked was that it like everyone got like a fixed amount of like whatever it says, like point point zero, zero points, whatever for. And then like, I heard labels and they're big enough, like Warner and stuff like that. They were able to negotiate a different amount for their albums and their bands.
1: Yeah. That's exactly the same way. I thought, I thought that was just how it was. And I thought it just sucked that, you know, whatever, but it's just confusing. And also, I guess this could be fun to talk about and then, you know, we'll wrap up but I saw a lot of tweets blaming Spotify for the collapse of the music industry. And I think people conveniently forgot piracy that piracy was around a lot longer than fucking streaming services. Now did did streaming services help? Like, no, they didn't. And actually here's a fucked up thing. I I watched an interview on again, the punk rock NBA. He interviewed our last night, the brothers, they do like the covers on YouTube and stuff. And they're like, make music. And they talked about Spotify in the sense that weirdly because of piracy, no one made money from their music. You had to go on tour and t-shirts. You didn't make money from your record, but because of Spotify and like the payout services of the streaming platforms, even though you get pennies, actually even under pennies, you get pieces of pennies. You technically, they made it so you get money for your plays. Now we can argue. Now we can't argue. I agree. It (laughs) should be more money. Like, that's a fact, yeah. but it's, like, weirdly, like, it's a weird place, but I saw a lot of people, like, blaming Spotify. This is why the record, company, record companies collapsed. It's like, no, oh, it's not. They were, like, around – they weren't around when that happened. <laughs> like, I feel like it happened back in, like, 2009 and 10. Like, right? Didn't you yeah. – we went to concerts. We heard them say, progressively – I jokingly said this to a friend. I was like, every concert you heard, like, bands' narratives change. It Started like, hey, if you fucking steal music, fucking you know, go buy CDs next concert. Hey, if you could, could you if you even have you have to download it, just listen. Hey, if you can just play the song outside your window and mm-hmm. hopefully someone hears it. Hey, can you just like we'll give it to you? Like at the okay, just like every yeah. single it's like bands like kept like trying because it's like, yeah, fuck you pay for me for my music, but then it's just like bands started realizing it's like uh, I guess we kind of have to like go along with it because like yeah. you don't want to be the asshole bands Like, oh, they're greedy because they want us to buy a CD. It's like, you know, it's fucked up, man. Like you, you went to the concert with me. We start going to concerts almost around the same time. It's like I noticed that. It's true.
0: It's true. Yeah, because a, a lot of bands now, whenever you see them live, they're like, "We have all our merch and CD. You get grab it right now, or you know, just I don't care how you get, it. just listen to it." And you're right. like, "Yeah, okay."
1: And it's <laughs> it sucks. And uh, but. It's, it's interesting, but, like, you know, have you noticed that? Like, I've just noticed people, like, just forget about piracy. Like, they just seem to forget, you know. Pirate,
0: well, piracy is still around, too, though.
1: We um, took that down because now you don't have to go to a creepy website to download files that you have to move onto your phone. Now you just yeah. go on your phone. Like, literally, our freaking dickhead friend, I'm not going to name his name, but I offered a free download of an album. He's like, well, I already have a copy of it, too. Spotify. Oh. I was like, whatever, dude. It's got this extra download code. fucking asshole but yeah also i guess no one ever fucking ran out of the internet like while driving on like these back roads or these highways where you just run out of internet and then it sucks your music just shuts off and i was like good thing i got some music loaded up on my phone so i could actually continue listening to music
0: yeah that was always the thing about me i'm like i don't want to have to have internet wherever i go to listen to music you know yeah and i wish i had a phone that had better battery life um because i can't like it happened the other day, my phone was dying, but luckily I had my MP3 player where I was able to listen all the music I wanted, and vice versa too. Like when my MP3 player died, I was like, "All right, I have my phone to hold me off."
1: Yeah, I get that phone case with the battery.
0: Yeah, right. I remember those.
1: Yeah, I always so like got others. afraid. They're like plastic, so I was like, "Do they really protect your phone?" But they.
0: Speaking of phones, did you see the new phones that flip open with two screens? Charlie actually got that.
1: That's two thousand dollars.
0: Well, it was the LG one, so I'm assuming it wasn't.
1: It was five 500. Yeah. yeah. Maybe.
0: So it has, like, two screens and it flips completely.
1: Yeah, the Sam, it becomes, like, a mini tablet when it flips yeah. open. Yeah. yeah, no, the Samsung was trying to do that. Samsung and Huawei made that. Hawaii, Huawei, whatever. Hawaii? Huawei, Huawei, I think that's what it's called, the Chinese phone company. But, uh, yeah, those are nuts. I don't understand. Honestly, I wish I could just be, like, like our friend brian he just doesn't have a case even though he's the goofiest motherfucker i've ever met in my life <laughs> but like Whoops. you know yeah like it's the phone feels amazing someone broke this down in a pocket it's like dude you know this is like a marvel of technology right just flex on people look at my phone but like this case is cool But like when you hold the phone in your hand isn't it amazingly am- isn't it amazingly amazing uh, isn't it amazing how it feels in your fucking hand when you take it out of the box the first time it's like that piece of metal you're like holy shit this feels awesome but it's super slippery, and you're like, I paid a thousand dollars for this. I'm going to be ending up paying a thousand dollars for this because most people pay it off. It's like I'm putting this yeah. in a fucking in a safe, like me. You <laughs> know me. I buy the Otter boxes. I, the only reason I switched out because it's too fucking big, but uh, I usually buy like the Otter boxes and keep it in like a containment zone for three That's years. Yeah, it's yeah <laughs> OtterBox. Buy OtterBox. I don't know. I, don't, I, I thought. Uh, I guess we're on agreement. There's not too much of an argument. Yeah, like I thought people kind of misread what the CEO of the Spotify of, of the Sp- CEO of Spotify said. I yeah. don't agree. I don't like what he said, but I didn't take it as he was attacking artists.
0: No, he wasn't, and he's he's he has a point. You know, if like what kind of brand stops making stuff for four years? You know what I mean? I mean, yes, it's really hard for musicians to just keep pumping out music every year. And stuff like that um i totally understand their point of view too but he does too like you know because another band would take that place
1: yeah it's just one of those things like i don't know how i feel i'm just kind of wanting you know not to know take this out of context i just kind of want i don't think what he said is overly inflammatory i think it's because they use the headlines like fucking asshole clickbaity people are like we're well like we're gonna do with our uh instagram post uh <laughs> i'm kidding it's like metal teddy bear experience talking about spotify it's just like hey baby we gotta make money no, i'm kidding we don't make- <laughs> but like besides that it's like i just wish they paid more like dude they have the best product for streaming like given i would be i don't think i i love streaming for the fact that all my music i can listen to any song i want but i'm not gonna lie i think i would take a hit <laughs> if 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 you know CDs or something came back Or I don't know what the fuck If people had to buy It's tough Because then you they would just go back to piracy Piracy took a hit For music anyways When streaming happened Because people don't I know I don't even need to do the research like, Where do you get your numbers I'm just assuming Because I talk to people Who don't know much about computers And they're afraid of every website People don't know how to go through These shady websites Pirate Bay Whatever Whatever the I don't even know I've stopped pir- piracy a long time ago So like Like You know I understand But it's like I don't know. I don't know what you could do. Cause this is like kind of thing. I just think people need to get better deals or figure out ways to do it. Cause I only really think Spotify is making money. Like their stocks are really high, but I'm pretty sure they're always at a loss cause they're paying these enormous deals to the record labels. Right?
0: Yeah. I heard they either take a loss or they make even like they're not profiting,
1: which is crazy, but it's like, it makes sense. Like I don't understand how Netflix and all these people make money. Cause like I'm assuming the deals they make with the companies for the products. Are a lot of money. That's a whole
0: different pay scale, though.
1: Yeah, but like they make their own stuff too. That's the the one thing I saw. Like everybody, like Dean Snyder said, why don't you try making fucking music? Which I thought was pretty aggressive towards the guy, especially because he looks like kind of like Baby Huey. Like I don't know what the <laughs> like. But you know, I think I think the headlines were brutal. I think this is a clickbait shit show. I know, but this Something like specifically, that. like after I read it, I was very confused.
0: Yeah, when I saw the headline, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, it's still like the fact that I guess people don't like what that he said it, but he didn't say, I th- like, like like I said, I think you me, like we me agreed. I thought it meant like, oh, we're going to penalize people for not. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that is a fucking development. I was like, that's fucked up. Oh, you didn't release the music in the last year? We're pushing you down the playlist. You're not allowed to be <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's goofy, but I just want to talk about that because.
0: Well, I guess this is the part where we wrap up, uh, the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, remember, uh, new episodes come out every Thursday. So if you're listening to this on I don't know what day Thursday, new episode, it shall be dropped. And then uh, Jesse, my boy over here, does some react stuffs. Tell us what that's about.
1: Yeah, I do reaction stuff. YouTube.com/slash/insid youtube.com go look up Insid. i forgot the i forgot that i forgot the url is it Insid one youtube.com slash c slash insid one there we yeah, go yeah. yeah on youtube i do reactions i have actually my first drum cover i think basically completed speaking of covers i'm gonna be <laughs> without creating my music covered i i am not gonna say what it is but go check it out it should be released next week and uh yeah i'm gonna be streaming more i figured out a way to stream t- uh, twitch drums i can't talk that i figure out a way to stream drums on twitch like it's a little haphazard a little shitty but you can hear the drums good and i'm going to start doing that more and uh continue doing this podcast with my lovely friend over here
0: yeah definitely and um i still do my radio show uh tuesday nights 90.3 wmsc up a with my boy Aram. so you can check that out tuesday nights seven to ten And, uh, again, all the socials will be in the description below. So if you want to follow us, keep up to date with stuff and see nice little clips of stuff, um, yeah, just follow there. It was awesome. All right, Yeah. 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 Until next time, my friends.